Welcome to Play Pause Turn. In this podcast, we discuss all things to do with TV, films, games and literature. We give our thoughts on the media we've been enjoying, old or new, and comment on anything topical. Hello, our hosts today are Alex, Bobby, Mark and myself, John. And we're going to do our usual intro question. Now we're going to be talking about the Batman. Um, So my question to all of you, and I'm going to start with Alex, is what sort of Batman would you be? Would you be camp and colourful, ninja exec or emo floppy hair Batman? Alex. Um, yeah, no, for me, I'd be ninja exec. So, yeah, I would. Although I'm not, not so keen on a seat. So can I do like, um, you know, the exec in uh, Free Guy? The, um, oh, right. Yes. Like you know, can a, I, like a, that's right. Yeah. Can I Edward? be him? Is he called Edward, I think? That's, yeah, something like that. But yeah. he wears, he just wears some really funky, massive uh, uh, sneakers and some very eclectic stuff because he can. So, um, yeah, I'd probably be him. Okay. So sort of Batman dressed like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Maybe there's a mix of the two then, maybe. Uh, Bobby, how about you? Um, I would be emo ninja exec. Ninja exec for obvious reasons, because I'm always sharply suited like Christian Bell's Bruce Wayne. Um Christian Bell and I share our birthdays as well, and uh, but emo because nice. I'm also a bit of a moody person. Sod. <laughs> okay, that, that that does make sense. Yes, yes, you have got you have that dark side to you, definitely. Uh, Mark, how about you? I'm gonna go outside of the box, and I'm gonna say I would be the Batman from the Batman Dark Knight Returns comic, um, who was uh, very violent very angry, a bit old, and also probably the coolest um, iteration of that character either from uh, Frank Miller. So uh, I would be the, the, the uh, Batman, the Dark Knight Returns. Can, can you ride a horse, though, Mark? I can ride a... I have ridden a horse. Okay. I wouldn't say... I've been on a horse. Okay. But yes. You've been on a horse. Is it different to I can ride a horse, though? Well, I think being on a horse... You know, I've rode on a horse. I'll say I've done that. There we go, Definitely. I've shot a gun as well, so that's another thing. Uh, Batman's not big on guns, though, is he? No, he's not. No, no, but in that one, he is just in in one part. Yeah. Well, so yeah. I, uh, okay. I, I think um, I I would be camp and colourful mainly because I resemble most of, of all the Batmans now in my life. I resemble Adam West. Um, one thing I always remember about Batman, uh, Adam West Batman, was his his sort of shiny silver Batman suit, which is just very slightly muffin topped over his utility belt. Um, and also, I think just his style. He, you know, he can he can be serious, but also, you know, the comedy quips that he used to have. Um, and I would like to always go around the world, walking around the world with colourful whack kaboom sort of um, words appearing behind me as well. I think that'd be quite cool. Whilst I, uh, you know, fought crime. Okay, back to the real world. Um, so we're talking about the Batman. Um, and we're going to be bringing our black umbrellas, a big pot of cash to bribe the police, and a pair of dodgy NHS glasses. And we're going to talk about the Batman. So um, before we get into any spoilers for people who have a, haven't had a chance to see it yet, um, did you enjoy it, Alex? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, it, it's it, it's not it's not a dark night, um, and I don't think it could be, but. I I did enjoy it. I think the challenge is that lots of things have changed and I had to think of it. Um, But the more I think about it, the more I liked it. So I did did enjoy it. And and I think it's one of those things that I need to explore a bit more. But yeah, I I, I think it's good. Okay. How about you, Bobby? So I went to see it with Rick. I'd really been looking forward to seeing this. As you guys know, I've been going on about it for a year uh, or more. (laughs) And Rick had already seen it, <clears throat> so oh. we went to see it at Wembley Cineworld, and uh, he told me he knew I was going to absolutely love it. And we came out of we came out of it, and he said, "What did you think?" And I was really quiet, and I said to mm-hmm. him, "I'm not sure I ever want to see that again." I didn't have that feeling like, "Oh, I can't wait for it to come out on digital download," um, but. It, I wasn't writing it off, but I just needed to let it sit. And as I've let it sit over the last few days, I'm 
liking it more and more and I'm detaching it from any comparisons with the Nolan trilogy because I don't think that's fair. Um, so yeah, I actually um, am thinking about I'm probably going to end up going to see it again this weekend. It's it, you, You've almost had the same experience with this as you had with Tenet, didn't you really? In that you kind That's of... true. I got obsessed with Tenet, didn't I? I'm still obsessed Which with Tenet. Which is interesting. You did. I've, I've, it's the same feeling. Yeah, it is actually the same feeling. I, so I think we'll uh, I've got a feeling I'm, I'm really going to get yeah. obsessed with this film. You also, so you, like also you also, you uh, also, I hear you're also a bit of a, a dark night vigilante whilst the film was on, Bobby. Yes. So we were in the back row. <laughs> And to my what right, to my right, there were seven um, teenagers who were talking the entire way through. And I, I mean, loud oh. enough that the rest of the theatre were turning around, looking at them every every minute. And it got to about the hour and a half point, And I was like, do you know what? I can't do another hour and a half of this lot. So I actually just got up. It was a bit where, um, spoiler alert, when Alfred and mm. Bruce have their heart to heart, you know the bit. I won't spoil it right yeah. now. And mm. uh, it was a little bit quieter. And I got up and I just turned around to them and I said, You lot need to shut up or I am going to throw you out. And they were all getting really sort of, you know, North London cheeky. And I, and I said, Seriously, if I hear one more peep out of you lot, I'm not going to get you thrown out. I'm going to throw you out myself. Do you understand? And that was it. They shut up for about an hour. And then an hour later, they started again. And then I just got up and I just picked two of them up by the scruff of the neck, <clears throat> hold them out. And uh, the rest followed promptly. So, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it really, I was going absolutely nuts. Like, I wanted to kill someone well it's a breach of the rules isn't it for a start i mean you know definite breach of the rules breach of the rules yeah it's like the worst thing you can do yeah isn't it? yeah it's yeah. annoying and you always get a couple um mark what, what, what about you what are your thoughts well as you know all know i'm, I'm a massive batman fan it's my favorite character etc i'm obsessive about it um unfortunately this one didn't work for me um there was some interesting bits in it and there are some things i liked about it which we'll get into, but overall, it, it just didn't work for me at all. Um, it's far too long. It needed to be at least half an hour, 45 minutes shorter. Um, and we'll get into the characters and their motivations, etc. But in these sort of films, you need to root for someone. Even if you don't like them, you have to be invested in the characters. And for me, uh, there was no one in this film I was invested in. There's some good performances in it, again, which we'll talk about. But there's no one in this who I was really who I want to see again, enthralled with it. You know, really interested in that character, want to see them again, and it all felt very disposable to me. It just it it just felt very hollow, and it was too moody. It was too it was dull. Like, how do you make a Batman film dull? I mean, that's that's an achievement in itself. I don't know how you do that, but um, I was just bored, really. And I, I kind of was, you know, apart from some of the things I tried doing it, but I was bored. I looked at my watch a few times. I never do that in films. Well, that was going to ask you. See, I, I, I it, for me, it passed the watch test. I didn't look at my watch once. Um, but I guess again, right. this is quite a marmite film for Batman fans, don't you think, Mark? I think. Um, I mean, I, oh, it's I massive. Yeah, massively. Yeah, I, definitely. I like the change in direction. Um, and I was, you know. Hooked for the for the nearly three hours it was on, but obviously you weren't, which is interesting. So, so what we're going to do now is we're going to um, enter spoiler territory. So, if you haven't seen the film, go watch it and then come back. Um, but let's let's um, pick apart the the story to begin with. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts on the story? So, <clears throat> I thought it was it was really nice to go back to a sort of procedural um, sort of crime case. Uh, it was really nice to kind of see see that progress. Um, I thought it was really good the way that um, uh, Gordon and um, Batman worked together 
and it and, and that that connection between the two of them was you know probably the most authentic apart from alfred but 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 so so those those bits were really really nice um i think one of the things that we probably haven't given it enough credit for is the depth that it's created um i think the world itself has as that they've created is is actually got quite a, a lot of layers to it um we don't always see those layers but we we kind of know that some of them exist but we kind of it's kind of nice because it's kind of feels feels a bit grounded um the only problem is it doesn't always sh- show us how they how they got the, from a to b you know it doesn't it doesn't explain things as perhaps as well as some others would would do um it feels very much like we get a glimpse into this world rather than really feeling part of it um and and i think that's that's intentional but it 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 does feel that way you know we we feel like we've got almost blinkers on and the things that we see like we see it in in real real things and then but there's other stuff that we're we're not we're not seeing because it's it's just not included so um but i do think it's hard i think you, you in your mind you have the nolan films in your mind um, and I think that putting that away as much as you can, like, you know, and trying to ignore that is probably the best way to progress with, with it. Um, but yeah, so that's my, those are my kind of initial thoughts, really. How about you, Bobby? Um, <clears throat> I mean, work from the get go, because we have the opening scene with the may- the current mayor being stalked by um, who we then find out is the Riddler. And the way that he's murdered is just so brutal. So from the very opening sequence, this film is like, it's not there to mess around. It's very adult. It's very graphic. It goes back to the best, probably some of the best Batman one-shot comics that were ever written that go back to the essence of the character that Batman, the world, the villains are probably among the darkest in you know marvel dc kind of folklore bobby and... matt reeves cited um the batman comic ego as an influence on the way batman was portrayed in this film right um so Darwin cook i think yeah ego. yeah there you go um, um and it that actually really helped me to push aside all the nolan stuff and go and settle into my seat apart from the idiots to my right and go right okay i'm really gonna get into this and <clears throat> i really liked the uh like alex said it's it's probably um outside of the nolan trilogy the first batman film to create all of these layers so um you know you've got that kind of hearkening back to michael keaton tim burton batman 1989 where the bat symbol is meant to strike fear into criminals when they see it but here it's you know his his voiceover is like i can't be everywhere at once and basically the 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 fears created by looking at every single shadow and villains thinking he could be coming out um so that he can then focus on in this case the gang that he then goes and sorts out they're the ones that aren't scared of him but everybody else stops what they're doing because they're just like bat symbols out they're just looking around just getting completely paranoid he could come out of anywhere seen that isn't it that's yeah seen actually i just wait the way they slow slow move the camera and there's that villain sort of standing in front of that facade and there are just shadows around him and then he's you you know it then shows you his point of view and you know you're wondering if batman's going to come out or not obviously he isn't but that's the way i thought the way that matt reeves did that i thought was so clever so now i'm talking about it i'm really getting into this movie more and more and um i also really really liked the fact that it really did play out like a zodiac or a you know another david fincher seven style type serial killer thriller and i think that it actually will make this batman rewatchable <laughs> but also more accessible to a wider audience. Because when I 
explained so Carolina had no interest in seeing this whatsoever. She's just like, Oh god, another Batman movie, not interested, whatever. <laughs> and she did actually quite like the Nolan films. Um, but I just said to her earlier today, I said, you know, I've been thinking about this film for the last few days and I think you'd really like it because she's really into those Scandi, Nordic type, serial yeah. killer type, really dark kind of thrillers and stuff. And when I mentioned that to her, she was immediately like, oh, well, if that's how they're doing it, it's more sort of serial killer, thriller, kind of murder mystery type thing. But it happens to be a superhero that's doing the detective work then uh, maybe we should go and see it. So I, I think that as the debate around this film comes out more and more as the days and weeks go on, I think it will benefit from repeat viewings. And also I think the audience is going to widen as well. So I think it actually had something for a lot of people. It's, it's interesting you say that, because I, I do think also you say it's going to widen the audience, but I do think it's also going to divide the audience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I think there's there's definitely a whole um, demographic who are really keen on <clears throat> the dynamics and the action of the Nolan films and want that to continue. I think there's an audience um, who are much and, and you know Batman fans are have been around for years and they're getting older and older. I, I for me, I'm with you. I'm I'm much more focused on the who done it side of things in this film. I, I really liked that kind of slow reveal um and we all know that batman's world's greatest detective and it's i don't think it's been as you say been addressed as much in the other films um mm. but i'm also finding and this is probably why i have such a different opinion about films to mark um I, I i'm starting to enjoy the slower uh character development story film rather than action films these days and I'm, i find and i you know that's that's fine it's fine for us to like different things um so for me, I found this this world more believable. I was more invested in the characters, and I preferred this too. Did you ever watch the Gotham TV series? Yeah, because I found that a bit frustrating because they never got to actually showing. Oh, I stopped watching it, so maybe I missed it. But I never really got to the actual character, you know, the heroes and the villains becoming who they were. It was very much the the beginnings and the origins. It was a bit. I found that a bit frustrating. Yeah. But what I liked about this film was that they didn't beat around the bush in terms of who the characters were. But also you could see it was more believable how they were coming up to become those characters. Does that make sense? It was it was yeah, a, yeah. still a tease, but it was a it was a, a tease with a payoff at the end. Um so I think um I think that's where this 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 film's successful. But I can also completely understand why some fans who are looking forward to a lot of swooping down and punching and, you know, batarangs flying and, you know, the vehicles coming out and, you know, eclipsing the moon and things like that. But we they didn't get that as much in this film, um, but I think we'll talk about the um, the cinematography and design later on. Let's let's talk about um, the, the characters in this film, which you know of of any film, a superhero movie is always going to have a focus on characters because they're such you know iconic figures. So Alex, who really um, piqued your interest in this film? Um, so Andy Serkis as Alfred was really watchable. It was. A bit of a shame that we didn't see more of him, but but I know that his role doesn't lead that, so um, you know he's not he's not the star of the show, um, but he's such a good actor, and I think he did really well with what he was given as well. So I think I think in that respect it was really powerful, um, and it, and it's just nice, honestly. Whenever he was on screen, I was like, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. Whatever whatever it is, it's just he's 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 just got that presence. Yeah. Um, Selena Kyle, um, so the played by Zoe Kravitz, that was that was really good actually. Um, I think her backstory was strong. I think that she really you know, gave it a human element, um, and she just got the right element of sort of you know interest between between her and um, and Bruce and um, or Batman, and it's just I think that that balance was really nice, and I, I thought that was a, probably a really strong performance from her um i can always watch jeffrey wright as gordon um i can watch him on anything actually i i think he's 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 you know really consistent um and yeah so i really thought his his role as gordon was was strong um i want to to defer patterson to someone else 
because I want someone else to to start that conversation. So, so. I'm, I'm happy to. Well, we're doing it in order here, Mark. <laughs> no, I know. I'm making Don't my... jump your bat around yet. Um, Bobby, no. what are your thoughts? And Mark, the reason why we use Bobby and not Roberto is so that I can always go before you. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> because this is a democratic <laughs> process. Um, so, uh, Batman, you know, definitely. I love the focus on him and I love the fact... You, I, I love his journey throughout the film from beginning to end because at the beginning I mean it's like when the criminals say to him you know who are you or what are you whatever and he says I'm vengeance and if you hadn't seen the trailers you would have thought he was his reply was going to be Michael Keaton's I'm Batman but it wasn't I'm, I'm vengeance because that's what it was all about for him he was just so angry at everything I mean he's angry um at Obviously, his whole situation losing his parents. He's angry at Alfred. We've never seen that before, where yeah. he basically can't even look Alfred in the eyes. And any interaction between them, he's basically making some snarky comment about Alfred not being my, you know, you're not my dad or whatever. Um, and then, you know, through the journey of the of the film, you know, you get to the end and where he's, you know, almost sacrificed himself for, for everybody, put his life on the line and so on. Um, and then suddenly there's that kind of maturity and, and then it's, you know, it's not about vengeance, it's about being hope and so on. So, you know, I thought that was great. Robert Pattinson I, is such a great actor for me. You've got to forget about all that Twilight stuff. And I think even within that, he didn't do a bad job. I like the first one, actually. Um but that's a conversation for another day. Um, It certainly is, Bobby. The the source material's rubbish. I tried reading the books, but, (laughs) oh, God, they're so badly written. Um, uh, And I I think what I wasn't sure about was the emo Bruce Wayne. But then what I've realised, having thought about it a lot longer and also just sort of listened to other reviews and so on, is that he, you know, like, his hair's long and floppy. A lot of people have got a, pro- a problem with that. I don't think he cares about any of that stuff. He doesn't care about sort of showing off and being a rich playboy and so on. That part of the Bruce Wayne character and split between Bruce Wayne and Batman, the two personas, it's not there yet. We might see it in future films. But right now, this Bruce Wayne slash Batman doesn't care about any of that material stuff. Um so I can see. Do you know what? I'm. I'm just gonna. I've got a few more things that I want to say here. Not because come back. I come really back to you, Bobby. To, Let's defer to Mark. Mark. Mark, Mark, is actually, off. Mark is chewing his fingers off, and I'm. I love this. I've so missed you, mate. Um, and also, I'll just finish because I'll let Mark get on to 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 Battinson. Um, Selena Carl. I thought Zoe Kravitz was great. Obviously, she's absolutely beautiful. I thought. And uh, Hathaway did a good job in The Dark Knight Rises, um, but 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 Zoe Kravitz just brought a real grittiness to the to, to the role, and I just I thought she was brilliant. Obviously stunning to look at as well, but yeah, she was great. Um, John Turturro, I wasn't sure about when I realised he was Carmine Falcone because in the comics, Carmine Falcone is quite a butch sort of you know typical Marlon Brando esque Italian mob boss. Yeah. But Totoro is a great actor, and I think he did a really good job with it. And Paul Dano just freaked me the hell out. So, again, he did a great job. I think it helps that naturally in real life he does look a bit sort of weird and freaky. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he he did a great job. And I thought Jeffrey Wright was really, really well cast as Jim Gordon. I mean, for me, I still think Gary Oldman is the is my best Jim Gordon that's ever been on screen. But I think Jeffrey Wright did a great He's job. He's the most Frank the... Miller in Jim Gordon, isn't he? Really? Yeah. Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, but Jeffrey Wright did a did a really great job, and I thought the uh, chemistry in inverted commas between him and Robert Pattinson was really really good. Um, so yeah, there's actually there's loads that I want to say about this, but I'll hand over to Mark now. Go on in, Mark. I'm sorry, um, I just want to say. The reason why I didn't like this film is because I, 
couldn't get invested in it. It's, it's not to do with the action. Obviously, you like the action as well, but I appreciate like a, a lot of crime drama, thriller, and the seven aspect to this as well. So that's why I didn't like the film. I just couldn't get invested in it. It wasn't particularly about the action, which was fine. Um, in regards to performances and character, etc., I'll just... I'll start with the positives, and I'll just say, yeah, Paul Dano, he does weird well. It's not the first time he's played this sort of role. He's very good in a film called Prisoners. I don't know if anyone's seen that as well, with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal as well, when he plays like a killer. Um, so, uh, so he's done this sort of role before, but he does it very well here as well. Um, in regards to characters, right, on Pattinson and this version of Batman, okay, I don't like emo Batman, okay? Uh, because he's just permanently miserable for, throughout this, and I understand it's only second year, and he's not developed the, the the he's not developed the Playboy persona. I get all that, but he's just a miserable something or other all the way through. And I was watching it thinking, how has Alfred stayed with him for like the last twenty five years? He must be like, if he was like he's been like this all the time, he must get fed up with him as well. Um, he was just it. I said this to Alex when we come out of the film, actually, because we saw it together. I said, this is a Batman film for the Twitter generation. This is, like, it's like Twitter will love this film. This is a Twitter Batman. And that's, I, I, and that's how I felt about it. It, it just didn't feel like Batman. Um, some of the things he does, like, when he goes to the nightclub and he, he knocks on the entrance to get in, and he does that again as Bruce Wayne. And the idea is, you know, that, oh, well, do they recognise him as Batman or not? You know, like, Batman doesn't knock on the door asking to come in. He goes up through the top light or he or he uses cunning and skill to get in. He doesn't knock on the door and he doesn't just walk in a club and get shot at. And so all the bullets ricochet off, uh, like, individual people, like in bystanders as well. It was, that's not what Batman does. So that annoyed me um and he just come off as a whiny miserable little git and um and look yes where he goes through it is a massive thing for him of course that's that's what drives him but he's he there's just nothing redeemable there's nothing likable about him there is nothing redeemable about him and yes uh, Bob makes a very good point at the end where he has some character development where he goes, I can't just be vengeance, I have to be something more than that. So maybe you'll get more of that in a sequel. And I understand where they're coming from from this, but it just it just it didn't feel like Batman to me. It just didn't feel like a Batman film. It felt like oh let's make seven and a few other like and the Zodiac and then put Batman in that environment. And he just he didn't even look like Batman. He doesn't even look like Batman. He doesn't come across as, as Batman as well, you know. Like, with people like Keaton and Bale, there's a bit of crazy in them, you know. You could, like, you look at them and you think, you know what, yeah, they could... Yes, I like, I do believe they could hurt people every night and feel okay about it. But this bloke is just, it's just a, a miserable little dweeb, and it just didn't work for me at all. I'll, I'll shut up. Because, no, no, uh, uh, because Bobby wants to come in as Go well. On, Bobby. I just, Mark, I just wanted to say, with all the moodiness and stuff, um, this film only takes place across a couple nights. So anyone's allowed a, a miserable couple days, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but there's miserable, and then there's this guy, isn't there? Really? This guy what, well, the guy who's had his family murdered in front of him, Mark, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Years yeah, ago, though. Thing, he's not, yeah, it's not yeah like... horrible things happen. Like, of course, right? But are you telling me he's been like this for the last 20-odd years? I mean, like, come on. Possibly. I mean, it yeah, doesn't but, help but... him that he sees, a, he sees a child in the um, service that makes him think of himself. I mean, that might have brought back some memories for him as well. Yeah. Also, the, look, um... Keaton, Keaton Batman was in his mid to late 30s, so he'd been doing it for a while. Mm. Bale Batman in Begins wasn't exactly a barrel of laughs, and then by the Dark Knight, no, that was ten it, years. That's ten years later, and then the Dark Knight Rises is probably another ten years after that. Um, and then Ben Affleck Batman. Did someone say I'm not allowed to mention Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck Batman. 
Um, we'll talk no. about Ben Affleck Batman later. Let's, we, let's we not really talk do about a comparison. Him. No, we should. I don't mind well, Affleck, actually. Ben Affleck right. Batman is obviously quite kind of seasoned. Oh, ben Affleck was a great Bruce Wayne, though, I thought. I mean, he's got ticks the boxes for Mark, who wants, you know, sense of humour, all the jokes and all that stuff. True. Yeah. No, I don't. It's like. And then like, this I'll bat- be honest with you, like, like, go on. I was just no, I was just gonna and this Batman is really young. He's like, you know, probably early twenties or something. So of course he's gonna be a moody sod. So so this this film the original title for this film was Batman Vengeance. And originally before Matt Reeves took on the directorial role, it was meant to be Ben Affleck directing this. Yeah. Um and actually I think Ben Affleck had written a really good storyline and Matt Reeves loved it, but it wasn't quite the noir he wanted. Um, but I think it's really interesting that we have such different differing opinions on this. I think it's really interesting. Um, I I liked our pats. I I I liked the change. I liked the fact he broke the mold a little bit. Um, I think this is his difficult first first film, and he's going to maybe mellow out a bit, as you say, in the next two. He signed up for three films. Um, so we we have you know I think uh, the question we need to ask Mark at the end of this podcast is whether he's going to go and watch the second one. We'll come to that later on, Mark. <laughs> um, I thought uh, Zoe Kravitz did a, a big job of shouldering most of the emotional weight of this story. Really, um, I'm with you. I'm a big John Turturro fan as well. I thought he was really good as Carmine. He was more greasy and slimy, wasn't he? Than uh, and kind of remind me of a spiv mm. more than a, more than a big sort of um, mafioso. Um, it, uh, for me, I thought I thought it was a, 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 just an interesting change, uh, and I think they had to do it in some respects. It would have been very, very hard to change the characters without distancing itself from the Nolan films. I think that would have been really, really difficult. I think um, time will tell on on um, you know the uh, box office figures, and I'm sure at some point Alex is going to get his twinkle fingers out and find out the um, figures for us. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 as I said before, I think, I think, I thought that the characters here really held together really well. Um, I really, really wish the one thing we need to maybe finish off on the on the character aspect here is I really wish I'd known before I went into the film that Colin Farrell was Oswald Cobblepot because mm. I did for me he was an unknown who was brilliant as as that character. I thought it was really good. Um, I had no idea it was Colin Farrell until I saw his name come up at the end of the film because I went into this not wanting to know very much. Um, um, but you see, Mark, that's the brilliant thing. Sorry, John, just to say that yeah. the very fact that we haven't mentioned Colin Farrell till now, it mirrors yeah. what Matt Reeves was intending for the film because the Penguin character was kind of in... He wasn't the main focus through the whole thing and he was the one that was meant to be the trigger or the catalyst for yeah. the Riddler's plan all coming to fr- fruition, right? And... That's testament to the writing, the direction, and obviously Colin Farrell's performance as well. That poor guy spent three hours a day in makeup. They got it down to two, and then it was an hour to take off. But he said just the whole process of of it was just so weird and unnerving for him. But I guess it really helped with his performance because once the makeup was on, he just felt so weirded out and different. He he just felt so far removed from himself. And I wonder if that's possibly a choice they made as well to put him under so much makeup so that we he, um, would get completely went... detached from the fact it's Colin Farrell. Yeah. He he went into a coffee shop dressed as Penguin, as Oswald, uh, and nobody spotted... I mean, they, they saw him and thought, he looks a bit scary, but no one battered an eyelid just thinking he was under layers of makeup and, like, you know, foam. Um, Mark, what I was going to say oh, is um, Matt, Matt Reeves... Yeah. So, um, whilst um, uh, our Pats was filming and working on Tenet, he'd already had the audition for Batman before Tenet. Um, but Matt Reeves wrote this story with... Robert Pattinson in mind when he wrote the film, so all along that was his first, um, you know, his his first act of choice for the film, um, and See, also he, he 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 modelled um, Bruce's character on Kurt Cobain. He he didn't want him to be this you know flashy exec. He wanted him to be like the reluctant uh, rock star who 
you know, didn't want the publicity. He had the money, but didn't really want to be seen. Um, and I think that kind of explains, you know, the use of the Nirvana song in the trailers, but also the, the look of him. I mean, with the, with the eyeshadow, you know, with the the dark dark makeup around his eyes and his hair down, he looks exactly like uh, a very famous picture of Kurt Cobain. Um, so, going into this film, it was always going to be a very very different Batman. I think, and that's the yeah. ri- it's, it's a risk. It's definitely a risk. I, you know, I appreciate no. that. Um, I, well, go on. Last thoughts before we move on. Go on. I have no problem with different, and you've got to do different because of what's come before as well. Yeah. And it's sort of talk about Kurt Cobain, but you've got literally eighty years worth of material about Bruce Wayne and Batman. Maybe use that instead of saying let's make him like Kurt Cobain. I, I doesn't make sense to me. All right. If, oh if God, John, that's you put the you've idea gone, in right? his head now. He wasn't thinking about that before. <laughs> no, I was. No, I was. But like, you've got literally decades of material there. Maybe use the actual source material. Although he did take aspects of certain stories, we can go into that yeah. as well. Um, the only thing I was going to say. So, oh yeah, on Penguin, right? I I found it really distracting. I thought it was just too much makeup. I thought I thought they would have been better off casting like a. Like a larger actor. I didn't. I didn't notice it at all. I didn't know. It didn't oh, notice I, him. I thought the it was makeup was amazing. It was so yeah. natural looking. Like it, did you know he was Colin Farrell no. in Tim Mark? I knew. Yeah, I knew it was Colin Farrell. Yeah. Do you think that's been? Do you think that marred it for I mean, you a bit? I mean, maybe, but it it doesn't look like a real person to me. Like he's got like that scar there, doesn't it? I don't know. It just it didn't look right to me. It just looked. It was just too dumb. If that makes sense. I thought they'd been better off getting someone like a Josh Gad to like be in it, you know. Or I think he was asked actually, not a Josh you know, Gad. Yeah. Um, they asked Jonah Hill to be him actually, and yeah, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah Hill, Hill was, was actually he wanted to be Riddler, not um, Penguin. So he, oh, did he? he turned he it down. Yeah. Oh come on, Jonah but, um, Hill. Yeah. Jonah Hill would have been so distracting in this. I know. No, no way. I'll 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 look carefully again, but I honestly, I mean, I knew it was Colin Farrell going in, but. I yeah. I didn't think the makeup looked weird or anything at all. I thought they did such a great job, really. Yeah. Um, but I will I will have a close look when when I see it again because I am going to go see it again now. I've decided. Yeah, I think um, I think okay, that's a good idea. Um, uh, in in terms of um, how the how the film kind of held up as a story, we, we talked a lot about the story, but was there anything uh, about it that um, you you know any twists or turns you didn't expect? Were you, were you happy with the way, the way it finished concluded? Was that for you? Did it hold together all right for you, Alex? You go for it. Um, so story wise, I think it did reasonably well. Um, I think that the third act was surprisingly good. Um, I think it, it's something that kind of. Uh, I don't. I think the problem was that because it was a long film, I was thinking. Oh great! Are we are we almost done now? Um, and and we weren't done because we had another forty forty minute five minutes to go. So I think I think it was um, yeah. I think the third act actually when it when it arrived, I was like, oh okay, wow, they've done this. Oh that's good, and and it kind of just kept it ticking along uh, uh, really nicely. So I think story wise, it's it. I think it did pretty well. Um, I just think that the character work for some of them was was challenging. The biggest one for me was Bruce Wayne. I just felt like the character was underbaked, and I think that's why he's re- he's really hard to um, connect with because they don't they don't they don't bring you along his journey at all. They just use a couple of bits to kind of say yes, this is what happened with his parents and. And and yes, this is this is what's happened with Alfred, and then that was it. There was no. Do you think they'll? Do you think they'll explore that more in, in the next film, and maybe have a few flashbacks a little bit more? I really young, hope so. Young Bruce, but his his job as as a you know a billionaire. Well, I mean, he's, he's not really a philanthropist at the moment. Is, is he, he just sitting on a pile of cash? In he's just sitting on. Buy the, yeah, he's sitting on the fund, and and the only thing is trust fund. Yeah, yeah, the only thing we yeah. see of this yeah. is. Is that he gets to go to a a prison? Uh, sorry, he goes gets to go to um, a funeral um, with with the other sort of elite of Gotham, and we're not we're not seeing anything of him being invested in Gotham. 
and and that that I think that's that's the bit that really I really struggled with because well I'm all about his his the the, the the corruption of his father I mean that I thought that was an interesting twist that you know Thomas Wayne's always portrayed as this benevolent figure in the comics and the films before yeah. and actually discovering that his father went against his very values is quite quite a shock for him yeah I, I, like that part I, story, I did think I mean. that worked actually but then it, it, you had to bear in mind the you had to bear in mind the source of the material and i think that's what he didn't really think about he just and 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 i now can't just get get my head out of him being emo batman that's my problem is once you see him as that it it, it gets annoying because you kind of go oh he's done he's at it again so i think that's the bit that i'm kind of i wish they'd have spent a little bit more time like they they had on paper they had all of it they had the 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 um uh, the Wayne, um, re, well, I can't remember what it's called now. The, the Wayne Manor. The, no, the the fund, the big fund. Wayne Corp. It was like the it, oh, the re- yeah, the orphanage money, wasn't it? That yeah. No, they oh, had so, the big yeah, renovation fund, fund or, or whatever it's called. Right, yeah, yeah. That was, and yeah, and, renovate wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. But that, that so that was an absolutely crucial part of like the money story. But I had no emotional story from him. I just had. Oh, okay. We're doing detective stuff. Cool. Let's do that, which was great. But it didn't. It didn't get me closer to him. Um, I found the Riddler's like Riddler's story really good. I, I actually was really, really, really uh, impressed with it. Um, the only thing I wanted to know was how. Where did he get all his resources from? I wonder if he was. Um, <laughs> wonder if he was uh, uh, asking for help from all his friends on that weird kind of chat group yeah they on. kind Maybe of alluded to it to yeah. but the, but they needed yeah. it, it didn't feel like that was like reasonable so like everyone bringing their own gun seemed reasonable yeah um but him him sort of putting things around around the city to you know exposes and stuff to blow up i felt like it, again it, it could have done with a little bit of help but but honestly i think the film was long enough as it was and, yeah, and i think I think they literally were like, we don't have to talk about this bit because it's, we don't. It, this isn't important to the story. Do you know what it reminded me of, Alex? This bit you're mm-hmm. talking about um, the Riddler's resources. It reminded me a little bit of um, Fight Club. Oh yeah. And how Ed Norton's character resources everything just through a network of friends, and you know, yeah. Fight Club is like an old version of a chat group, isn't it? It's, it's a real yeah. it's a meetup group. And I wonder if this... perhaps that's that's kind of the mm. they were kind of hearkening to the Fight Club sort of underground cells of people and who get their resources, you know, maybe one's a carpenter and one's a you know a hardware store mm. owner and so on. Yeah, good point. Which is you know in in Middle America that's quite it's quite a big thing, isn't it? You yeah. know, with these the NRA and everything. There's a line of dialogue where they discover Riddler's hideout. There's a line of dialogue where they say he was a forensic accountant. A what? So I took. A forensic accountant. Oh, right. So I took that that he's been divulging funds and probably been taken off the top for himself as well. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's clever. But, but I think, yeah, that's I think, interesting. I think that's part of that, and also I do think it's the chat group and the incel thing that's as well. A nice bit of detail. So I think it's there, that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add, Alex? Before we move on. No, Bobby? no. That I think that. Bobby. That's it. Yeah, I think it, I agree with Mark. It's very much that kind of incel sort of thing that they're playing on. That's been a lot in the sort of media recently um because they do say as well mm. when they discover his hideout that and they discover that he's got this little sort of online group that he's uh, sort of brought together that he's got about 500 followers um yeah and then we you know he's got them to do his bidding as it were um so twists and turns i kind of slightly disagree with alex and i i, I appreciate this is all about perspective as well but to say that he is not invested in Gotham, this is the first Bruce Wayne we've seen who doesn't live in Wayne Manor. He lives in the heart of the city. He's got an apartment in Wayne Towers, right? And the reason why is so that, you know, he can get on his motorbike every night and be right in the middle of it. You know, he's constantly listening to police scanners and all that sort of stuff. Um it's just the way that he's invested in the city is different at the beginning of the film because he's all about vengeance and just going out and finding people that are evil and that are doing bad things and so on and cleaning up the streets. 
And obviously the arc then takes him to the end of the film where he realises that his job is to be more a symbol of hope and all of that sort of stuff, where hopefully Mm. then we'll see in a future film that that's where the philanthropy and all of that kind of stuff as Bruce Wayne starts to come in. But, you know, for me, I'm like, this guy can't be any more invested in trying to do something for this city. It's crazy. Actually, it would be like me having an apartment above my workroom because I'm so invested in cleaning up all the badly dressed scumbags that are walking around. Uh, sorry, anyway. But I, 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 I think you should come to West Kent, mate. But, but I mean, it, I thought it was quite interesting that he lived in, in the, the Wayne Towers office building rather than at Wayne Manor itself. So um, I love the Finch, uh, as I said before, I love the Fincher 7 Zodiac kind of vibe of the whole thing. Um, the... Um, yeah, I I just I really 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 want to go see it again now. I'm I'm not going to go on too much about it. Um but uh yeah, I really really want to go see it again now. Um yeah. He that guy takes he takes some knocks for this city. I'll tell you one thing um uh that I really did like though. I felt as uncomfortable as those cops did when ever Batman was sort of walking into a crime scene with Jim Gordon as Jim's sort of guest, as it were, right? Consultant, mm. whatever. Um, you, I mean, the way that that was shot, filmed, all of the extras acted and everything was just brilliant because... I mean, they, he's a guy in a bat suit. It's ridiculous, yeah, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. It. But it's also the unpredictability of him because none of them want him there. Mm. They They would all probably rather be able to pile in on him and take him yeah. down and arrest him for whatever. Um, so there's all of that going on. And that, like he is so unpredictable. I mean, even later on in the film where they've got him in a, in an interview room and there's like a hundred cops or whatever around him. And then every, every so often something's said and there's a scuffle that breaks out and they try and pile in on him. And they immediately just back off once he's thumped the first one or two of them. Um, yeah, I just all those little—it's those little little details that I'm recalling now that actually just, yeah, this film just the score of this film goes up and up in my head every five minutes. It's crazy. How about you, Mark? <laughs> How's the score for you at the moment? Tell us what you think of this. Uh, it's not—it's it, not improving. I'll be honest. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with the reservate uh, with the revelation about who the rat was. Because that was a big part of it, and I was really hoping that was gonna be something really interesting or a good like shock, you know, or a twist or something like that. And it didn't really pay off. I didn't think for me that was a bit disappointing with that. Um, and I think with the way that I don't think the way that Carmichael Coney dies really works either. I don't think that works. And um, I've seen a lot of reviews and people doing it, uh, reviewing the film, saying that. To say that the film has a bad ending, a lot of, uh, with all the riddlers and that, I don't necessarily mind that part. I like the idea of Gotham being flooded. I think that's very clever. There's a comic book called No Man's Land and Cataclysm, and what happens is there's an earthquake, and then what happens is Gotham sort of becomes like uh, like it's under martial law. So think of Escape from New York sort of thing. It becomes sort of that. And that would probably be interesting in a sequel. So I'll give it um, it, it credit for that. Um, and th- th- one positive I will say, and what I did think was very clever and we hadn't seen before, is the eyes. Uh, uh, you've got the contacts that are recording everything that he sees. And you see him doing the playback and he does that with Catwoman as well. I thought that was very, very clever, and that is something we haven't seen before. And, I, and that I was really impressed with that actually. Um, but that was probably the best part of the film for me was was how clever that was. But yeah, it was um, you know like I found the thing about uh, the rat a little bit um, yeah like a bit of a non-story towards the end. And Riddler's like his his reason for doing it aside from like cleaning the city up it seems a little bit muddled to me as well i didn't quite get his um like why he wanted to do it a bit as well so he was, he was, he was, was being, 
there there was the renewal project that um yeah Bruce obviously Wayne's a part dad of was, was meant yeah. you know like he was, like, he was yeah, invested in that wasn't he Personally. like politicians promising all this yeah. stuff and then they don't deliver on it and it yeah, was basically that, yeah. that sort of example in this and that's what you know he was an orphan <clears throat> his orphanage was abandoned and it was literally left for rats to kind of overrun the place and so on mm. and so that was basically mm. his whole kind of motivation for cleaning up the city and so on you know that's why i the found it quite easy was... to sympathize with the riddler though bobby i thought that was quite a clever yeah. vision that i felt i felt like he was he, he was rational in what he was doing because we yeah. all, you know this this film is very much a mirror to the life at the moment we're all we're all fed up with the corruption of the world that we're in right now and i think there's obviously a statement being made here and i think the riddler is is the everyman who's trying to fight back and rally against the corruption and He's doing it one way and Batman's doing it another. And I quite like that we, kind of aspect. We of the often story. say that, don't we? That the best villains are the ones that you kind of suddenly find yourself sympathising with, like Thanos, yeah. right? Yeah. Thanos. Thanos was Thanos, but at the same time, you kind of really understood. Thanos was right. You, you yeah. Well, I mean, it, he was right in my <laughs> book. Um, but but you really sort of you know his explanation for things about balance and so on. You got it, and and it was you know with this guy, yeah. you did find yourself. Even it wasn't even as on the nose as Thanos, but this was really subtle. It kind of crept up because the guy is a freak, and the way that he he killed—I mean, that first mm-hmm. murder was so brutal. And then actually, the other guy, um, the police chief, where he puts the cage over his head, and then I, I don't—it's almost not... like sore, isn't it? It's... Yeah, yeah, very, very sore. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. But. Um, but but then really weirdly, part of your brain is actually sympathising with the guy, and you kind of appreciate where he's coming from, and that that makes it even more compelling for me. So let's um, let's move on very very quickly because there's a couple of things I want to, we want to cover before we we, we finish off today. Um, let, let's look at the cinematography and the design of the film. Um, Thoughts on that very, very quickly, please. I think we're all in agreement here, actually. Alex. Uh, yeah, I thought it was stunning. Um, it's very dark and very wet, but the setting and the filming is just you know spot on. Uh, I saw it on a four uh, D four uh, uh, D screen, so I had I had the sides as well as as well as the front. Did you have like rain and wind blowing on your face as well? No, no, it didn't didn't have any effects. It was just it right. was just um, it just meant that you had like a wraparound screen that. That when that when you were when when they were up um uh, up in the uh the old tower with the uh, yeah, bat the signal building. you really yeah. felt like you were up up in the tower it was quite it was quite oh, well wow. done um but yeah no honestly like it it was just stunning I, I think that in that respect it was it was really well done there's very little to fault there Bobby. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Alex, what what cinema was that that you saw it in? Which um, oh, it's it a Cineworld. Cine yeah, okay, it's Cineworld. For no screen Screen X, it's called. I think. Okay, I might check um, that out. Sounds like one of those specialist art house cinemas, if you ask me. Screen X. Well, I, but that's just one of the screen types they have. It was Milton Keynes. It's not art house. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> Alex saw needs. a different. Alex saw a different version of the Batman to the rest of us, John. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so it looked absolutely it was absolutely stunning Uh, I mean you know the superhero equivalent of Dune which is one of the most stunning films ever I think Um, and um, the music added to it as well that I think Michael Giacchini Michael Giacchini's score was absolutely fantastic it actually had little threads of Batman's past, I caught little riffs from the Tim Burton, Danny Elfman score, and I caught some Hans Zimmer in there as well. So I think it was quite respectful to Batman scores of old, but brought something quite new, and it was very dramatic as well. I mean, even kind of some some of the real high action points um, sort of brought to mind uh, some of the highlights of the No Time to Die score that... Um, mm. Uh, was that Hans Zimmer? Hans Zimmer, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, the whole thing, it, Gotham looked beautiful. I think it's possibly the most real-looking version of Gotham that I've seen. 
because because the Dark Knight series that was very I mean you could tell it was Chicago because of all the wide streets and all of that kind of thing but this just looked like it had just come out of I mean I've got the long Halloween on my bedside cabinet and it kind of looked like mm. it came out of that I think I'm not sure where location um uh, where where it was filmed I think Scotland one of the Scottish cities Scotland was Liverpool as well okay yeah yeah i think i think uh, matt reed wanted to uh, he was inspired a lot by the maltese falcon and sort of the the dark back back streets in those in that film as well mm. yeah i mean um mark what are your thoughts i know i know you've been a little bit down on the film but um i'm, I'm sure you know yeah. in terms of visuals yeah i mean i was in the same screen as alex we saw it together so i can only really echo what he said to mm. be honest with you some of the shots particularly yeah when they were at the bat signal were really nice also i think this is one of the first films we actually see batman in the daylight as well towards the end when and some of that looked really good he i have never to say wore the that bat suit in daylight in this film go back and watch it he only wears a bat suit at night well no he wore it at the end uh, like after that like, he saved him from the flooding doesn't he he's still got it on then mm. go back and watch it again mark and see i don't think he does yeah, he does. He's carrying the child out. John, you you need to suit. you need to have this. You need to sort this out now, John, because he's never going to go and see this <laughs> film again. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll go on Mark's behalf. I'll go. I'll go on Mark. I'll go on your behalf, and I'll check that for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. At, at the very end, after yeah. he falls into the water, when he rescues everyone, with he does electric cable. Then after he's rescuing everyone, he does the voiceover. There's a yes. That's. A, that's I. I think it's Mark's shot of right. Him in daylight. I think Mark's he's actually yeah, shown right. um, out of costume. In daylight, daylight, he's hiding his face with a helmet and scarf and baseball cap most of the time in the daylight, though. Okay. No, he's wearing the Batman outfit at the end. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, like, we'll come well, back with Alex, the answers. To, you. We'll come back. No, I, I think you might be right, Mark, but I think we'll come back with the answers next time. Yeah. Uh, I uh, what I liked about this the way this film looked it, 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 when when I look at Batman in the comics especially some of the black and white comics I think it's uh, as Bobby said it's the most authentic kind of transfer from the the, the framing of Batman his silhouettes you know I mean we saw some of that we got a taste of that in, in the trailer when he walks towards Oswald from the burning car I I think that's what Batman's about he's got such an iconic silhouette of any superhero. I think of any superhero and whenever you see him framed in this way or he's, he's dropping through the light down in somewhere or you see him coming out the shadows in the dark it just I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it I just think it's it's just it was so well framed um so that's that, that's why I liked it really it was it felt like I was reading the comic on, on, the, on the on the screen um let's um finish off um talking about the Batmobile because I think this is another divisive character in the mm. film alex i can see i can see in our in our, our show notes here there's just one word alex you've written <laughs> well i just said meh because i mean it, it's a bit it, it didn't have evoke a particular um uh, feeling to me but then the thing is as i think back and about the film um and we're introduced to the 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 car um sort of later on in the film aren't we and and i think but I do remember that that when that was the, that when that was unveiled, I was like, it, it, "Oh, this is good," in terms of like it, where it had set, and it meant that from the story point of view, he had you know backup, and it was it was going to be a, this was going to be the car chase. Um, so I think I think I don't know. I think it's the more I think about it, the better it gets. But it's just got no bells and whistles on it, and and for me, I need bells and whistles. How about I, you, Bobby? Um, okay, well, sorry, I cut you off there, Alex. Are you going to say something else? Sorry. Oh no, I, I, what I want is I, I want a motorcycle thing that goes in and 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 then I, I just that's what I want. Like the scrambler? Is it the scrambler? Yeah. Was it called the yeah, scrambler? That's right. Uh, tumbler. 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 Yeah, that, that's what I want. That's why we have you here, Mark, because you're the Batman expert. <laughs> I'd have told you that. Bobby. I've got the Dark Knight Rises trilogy special oh, and edition. That's why we have Bobby and Mark here, and <laughs> with the little scale models of each vehicle from you know. The Batwing, the Batmobile, the Tumblr. Anyway, so um, I loved it because I'm a massive muscle car, American muscle car fan. And it makes me want to go and cancel my mini JCW order and just go and get a Mustang and then basically do that to it. <laughs> I thought it was get awesome. Electric one, mate. 
But the thing is, I mean, the bells and whistles will come later, Alex, right? Because, again, this is Batman in his youth. And, you know, we saw bits of the car sort of lying around quite early in the film when we first are introduced to the Bruce and... um, I was going to say Alex. (laughs) Alfred (laughs) dynamic. Um, And there's sort of... So he's obviously building that thing. Because when we first see it parked up, when he's going to go after the penguin... And uh, he starts the car, and you're like, yes. And then all of a sudden, I, I don't know if it's he stalls it or it was a malfunction or something. But it basically, the car kind of starts, the lights come on, and then it basically cuts out. Do you remember that? Am I the only person? Yeah. Because I was I like, is he no, it's, because, it's because he built it himself. And so it's, still, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a kit car, isn't it? It's still temperamental. So we're all sort of like it was a bit like it reminded me of the feeling I get when the the Millennium Falcon doesn't jump to hyperspace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done, Bobby, for bringing in a Star Wars reference. Always, yes. box. well done, mate. Well done. Thank you. Um, I was going to give Mark a little. This is why you fail. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't want to be too harsh to him. He's 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 been back after a long while, and we've missed him. Um, but yeah, I thought the car was brilliant. I want one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna build her. I'm gonna take it to the pimp my ride workshop in North London. Uh, this Mustang that I'm gonna get one day, and just tell him do that to this. <laughs> it won't be the first first person who's asked that. I reckon. I reckon there'll be a few people doing that. Yeah. Mark, what are your thoughts? I'm not really a car person, so like I don't. It's it's not a thing for me. Um, but like I think the car was totally appropriate for the film. It made sense that that was his car. If it was like a, if it looked like a Batmobile, it, it would make no sense. It, it it wouldn't go with the film, the tone of the film, and that. So, yeah, I thought it looked pretty cool. It, it was fine. I mean, it's impossible for the for the Batmobile for nineteen eighty nine film ever to be beaten. So, it's impossible. That is the best. That is the best Batmobile ever that that will ever be done. But yeah, it was a car. It was a big black car that was quite fast it was fine by me and the chase sequence was pretty good actually to be fair i quite enjoyed that that was one of the highlights um yeah that was quite good so yeah i'm, I'm not really into cars so uh, it's fine with me so um I, i'm not sure you know about this but um they made several versions of the, of the vehicle obviously for the stunts and so on but one of the versions was an electric version of the batmobile Ooh. Um, Ooh. <clears throat> uh, they had to use like an electric version to pull off one of the shots of the movie uh, where the car felt like it was breathing, sort of pumping and breathing, so they actually use an, a, a, a drivable electric car version. So I think I think that's fascinating. Mm. I you, you mentioned the bells and whistles, um, Bobby, I, I'm, uh, Mark, and Alex. I, 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 I like the shot from the rear when it showed the gas coming out, the sort of the the engine at the back, yeah. and then you realise when you see it, they, they frame that shot so it looked like the way it was sitting in his garage, mm. and so you knew mm. he built it. Yeah, I you know we we all saw the Batmobile in the trailers, so people were prepared for it not being quite as um, you know sci-fi as the other ones have been. Um, but I know, and I've got a lot to talk about this, but I'm, I'm going to move quickly on. I, I just think it was quite interesting that the Batmobile didn't stand out. I think it was quite interesting as as a guy who's trying to hide in the shadows. It just made more sense to have a car that was quite so splendiferous and, and you know yeah. the sort of thing you see draw Art Deco sort of inspired thing pulling up outside a a cinema or a theatre. I just think it made more sense mm. to be a kind of a, a scrappy, anonymous car that you might even see on the streets of, um, you know, Los Santos in, in um, Grand Theft Auto. You know, it just, it, it reminded me of one of those kind of generic versions, but actually had a lot hidden underneath the bonnet. And I quite like that. Um, and I think we're going to stop there. Um, and I think what we might do, we will probably return to The Batman because there are there are films to come. And, and there are other things that could be happening. I've, I've heard a rumour of Colin Farrell coming back for a spin-off series about yeah, yeah, Penguin on HBO. Uh, that's been greenlit. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and we do need to talk about, we haven't talked enough about the music score, but we'll, we'll, I think we'll come back to this in a, in a future podcast. I um, think, but I think it's, play, play Paul's turn listeners, if you yeah. would like, when the Batman comes out on digital download, if you'd like to, to hear a watch-along episode... With Mark, <laughs> then just write in and let us know, and we'll God. make it happen. This, we'll chain Mark up again. Is it? Yeah, get the handcuffs. If off. you thought Robin Patterson was depressed in that film, wait until you hear me for three hours. Uh, I think the only way we can do it, Mark, is if you wear a floppy wig and we put eyeshadow on you as well whilst you're watching it. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what, as well. Mark. What's 
Uh, and the final thing I'll say is what I thought was hilarious on this is that when the um, uh, the, uh, the DA gets blown up, is that Batman just walks towards him when there's a bomb. And, uh, like, he, he, he gets up, he's fine. He's got amazing, you know, his bat suit just saves him from any injury. And then when he dives off the uh, police building, he, like, sort of falls over, the, uh, like, he stumbles. Oh, we didn't talk about the wingsuit, did we? And he crashes, and he's absolutely fine. Gets up, no problems at all. Well, no, he's wearing a wingsuit, isn't he? And then when he gets knocked unconscious from the oh, bomb... he limps a little bit. He gets knocked unconscious <laughs> from the bomb, and he's suddenly in the police station yeah. in the nick. So it's, it's a not... a bomb! He should be dead. No, he but it was a short like, proximity... A it was a short him. proximity bomb that was designed to kill that guy, and he was just in its blast radius. If you looked at it... He's not even got a bloody nose. That, ca- that cathedral didn't burn to the ground, did it, Mark? It was literally just there's that spot. Did, did the window smash? I don't think even the window yeah. smashed. No, no, it was a short proximity. It was just designed to blow no the person radius. up. It was meant to blow up. It wasn't meant to blow anyone else up. <laughs> the Riddler didn't gentlemen. want to kill anybody um, else. Please listen along again to our next podcast, which talks about the uh, pyrotechnics yeah. and mechanics of bombs in films. Look forward to that. If you want three work. hours of this, I'll do it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> That's not. Th- I think. Just, I think we need to stop there. And I think it's such a stupid uh, film. I think <laughs> we just stop there before. Do you know earlier I thought explodes like a Mark low blast radius bomb. Himself, you know what? I, think. I thought Mark was going to say, um, you know, yeah, the car was, you know, it was, it was the, the, you know, it was like the film, you know, the the film was rubbish, so it got a rubbish Batmobile as well or something. You did it. What would you give this? Car, Mark, what would you give this out of ten? Oh. Um, three and a half. Wow. Oh dear, oh dear. Right. So let's just straw poll this, John. I'd say it gives about an eight out of ten. Okay, Alex. I'd give it an eight. Okay, and I'm I'm sort of at an eight point five to nine at the moment. Okay. Um. So yeah. Let's so. score it again after we watched it again. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's do some housekeeping. Um, you can <laughs> follow the fo- following the, the following people. Follow the following people on Twitter. I'm at John P. R. Evans. Alex, you are at Alex Hansford. And Bobby at it's Bobby Rivilla. And then you can follow Mark on at I'm Vengeance on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can <laughs> you can also um, follow uh, Playpool's Turn account as well, which is at Playpool's Turn. Uh, and you can find us online at playpawsturn.show. This has been Playpaws Turn, and thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah.